Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Good morning. It is Thursday, October 12th. It's five minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, he pledged that the United States will never falter from its support for Israel as he condemned Hamas for their brutality and inhumanity. He said, the message that I bring to Israel is this. You may be strong enough on your own to defend yourself, but as long as America exists... You will never, ever have to. There's money to be made here, Casey. The military-industrial complex mm-hmm. never misses an opportunity. There's gold in them there, Hills. Yeah, there's there's uh, an industrial-military complex that is just waiting, uh, sitting around, because we're going to switch our focus now from Ukraine over to Israel. Uh, okay, so a couple things real quick. I, this will be my last hour uh, of the day today with yeah. you fine people. Now, much to the dismay of many, I am will not be here next Next hour because not because I've been fired. Uh, <laughs> I am uh, executing the required medical procedure in order to receive the uh, discount on my health insurance for mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. So don't get your hopes up. It wasn't like I was yanked from the from the game in the middle of the show. But in my in my last hour that I have with our fabulous audience today, um, do you? It certainly seems like we're really itching to get involved militarily, doesn't it? It does. Well, you had President Biden saying how shocked he was about all of the news coming out of Israel. Yeah. He said other Arab countries are getting involved. We're, we've got the USS Ford over there in the Mediterranean. So it, it, it's it's almost like, uh, it, are we... Yeah. Any second no, now. They, no, they want to. I mean, think about they've essentially manufactured a reason to be involved in Ukraine. I mean, that's how much we in this country lust over being able to send weapons and bombs and everything else. I mean, if it can be made and it can be profited off of, mm-hmm. then our politicians have a vested interest in figuring out a way to get involved in something that will get that to those people. So we basically made up a reason in Ukraine because they're not our friend at all. There's no track record of them being in alliance with us, and we just wholeheartedly jumped into bed with them. So think about what's at stake when there's somebody you can look at the American people, and rightfully so in this case, say Israel's an ally, a friend, a long-standing, we have a vested mm-hmm interest in in Israel's success, et cetera. I mean, this is going to be, this is like Christmas Day all over again. Well, I mean, just think about what the Secretary of State said. Hey, we know you can handle this, but as long as we're here, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to. Uh, and again, it is another example of a colossal failure of U.S. intelligence. We spend all this money on intelligence services, and yet it is apparent, Casey, that our intelligence services, there by their own admission of the Biden administration, mm-hmm. had no idea this was going on. Okay, so the uh, spokesperson for the White House, John Kirby, he was asked about that, and he was asked, hey, do you think we need to examine whether U.S. intelligence failures contributed to these attacks? Is it time for a review? And this is what he said. John, this was a massive intelligence failure. <clears throat> Who bears responsibility for that? You know something, Jackie? There's going to come a time 
when it's appropriate for us to take a look back retrospectively and see what the intel picture showed us or didn't show us, uh -huh. um, whether there's any gaps that need to be closed. There's going to be a time for that. And I suspect that our Israeli counterparts will do the same thing. Now's not that time. When is the time? There's going to come a time, Casey. In other words, we messed up. We're going to try our best to sweep this under the rug and not look complicit. So is it time to review the failure of the Afghanistan withdrawal? You know, I used to have people ask me all the time, when are you going to grow up and stop drinking yourself silly on the weekends? Mm -hmm. There's going to come a time, Casey. There's going to one of these days. 29 was not the age, but there was going to come a time. <laughs> I mean, it can't, like this is always the thing. Whenever there's these colossal failures, there will be a full investigation. There will be a full examination. We will get to the bottom of it. But now is not the time. Why would you not want to know about the failure so that you can immediately fix what happened? <laughs> is it time to review the $6 billion to Iran? Is, 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 now is not the time, Casey. Is it, is it time? Casey, now is not the time. Okay. And you're being a terrible American by insinuating that we deserve answers. <laughs> Don't you call me a bad American. Okay, so Jamie Raskin, he says that the Democrat Party is unified behind Israel. A couple of your colleagues have called for a ceasefire, called for de-escalation, referred to Israel as an apartheid state. Do you think Democrats are unified in their support for Israel? Yeah, we're absolutely unified behind Israel's right to exist and Israel's right to uh, defend itself. And we'll be standing strong with Israel. What do you make of the comments from your colleagues that, that sort of indicate otherwise? Well, I just I haven't seen any of those. Um, and um, uh, all that I've heard um, is uh, a very powerful powerful consensus that we need to stand by Israel as it defends itself. I see nothing. <laughs> He's got the blinders on. Meanwhile, some of his colleagues have flags outside their office. Well, we, we've talked about this, that the Democrats are in a real bind here because the core base of the Democrat Party, and Raskin knows this, he's just lying out his ass, is <laughs> ardently against Israel. I mean, you've got the college campus radicals, you've got the BLM people who are publicly telling you exactly what they think. We've talked at length about that BLM Chicago post, mm -hmm. you know, with the guy paragliding down the silhouette saying, you know, we, st we stand with Palestine. Um, and then you've got, obviously, the campus radicals. We're going to see some of the Good Time Fun Gang apparently out here on Monument Circle this afternoon vo voicing their support. And then, of course, you've got the people in l the groups like the squad who Ilhan Omar is essentially sprinting to get away from a reporter so she doesn't have to answer whether or not she stands with is Israel because she does not. And you know what? That BLM post, they deleted that. After 30 million views, by the way, and isn't it shocking how quickly uh, the BLM, they show their true colors? I mean, in 2020, people were writing checks left and right to them. Now, three years later, we find out uh, what they did with that money and how corrupt they are. But Karine Jean-Pierre, she was asked about another continuing resolution. And does the Biden administration want money for Ukraine and Israel? There is another CR does the president want to see Ukraine and Israel aid in that package? I mean, we've been very clear. We want, we believe, and this is something that Jake said yesterday, like we are capable as the United States, right, to be able to give funding, additional funding to Israel, to give additional funding uh, to Ukraine. This is something that we are capable of doing. And the importance of doing that uh, is, is uh, 
clearly uh, important. Uh, I'm not going to get, there's going to be a path forward that uh, the OMB director is going to lay out and, and see the best way to move forward. I'm not going to get into ahead of that. You heard the president yesterday uh, saying that he is going to, as you just iterated, uh, that he's going to ask for more funding as it relates to Israel. I'm just not going to get ahead of that process. Uh, but this is something, again, that Jake said, that we are capable of doing that, mm -hmm. capable mm -hmm. of providing the assistance that's needed. Yeah, we're capable. She could have just said, yes, we intend to give them all of the money and mm -hmm. then some. We're capable. We've got so much money just to hand out to everybody. Re but Remember in Dumb and Dumber? You ever seen the movie Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. Remember when they go to the fancy dinner and the guy stops them and is like, gentlemen, this is a $500 plate dinner. Mm -hmm. And and they go, oh, 500 And he <laughs> gives them like two grand and goes, put us down for, for uh, two in case we want seconds. Like yeah. that, that is the Biden administration. Oh, there's another war to be funded? We'll put us down for two and in case in case another one were to arise we we can't be bothered with with having to actually evaluate and and hold ourselves accountable to the american people uh, remind me what's our debt at yeah 33 trillion dollars oh okay but we've got we've got more money i i don't know though if Corinne jean-pierre and john kirby they're on the same oh. page because john kirby said that funding to ukraine is coming to the end of its rope Ukraine funding, we're, we're coming near to the end of the rope. I mean, today we announced $200 million, um, and we'll keep that aid going as long as we can, but it, it's it's not going to be indefinite. So are we moving with a sense of alacrity? Absolutely. I couldn't give you a date certain on the calendar. Well, that's wild and wacky because Biden and the Democrats said and McConnell said we're going to fund as it. As long as it takes. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, looks like we found an off-ramp for that. And meanwhile, uh, Zelensky making a visit to NATO headquarters, uh, you know, taking his time to get on the world stage to try and remind everybody he's still around. He's probably very grumpy because he's not the bell of the ball anymore. Um, Casey. Mm-hmm. You found something that I think is super interesting about what a crappy place Indianapolis is to park a car. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about that when we come back? Yeah. I think this is fascinating. Plus, there was a major life event that you denied happened earlier in the show, and you were told it totally did happen, and I'm not going to let you get away with this. The <laughs> truth. Fake news! Fake news! Casey told a big fib. I forgot. <laughs> I was reminded. Okay, it's coming up from 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You lied. You lied to our audience. I didn't lie. I just had a lapse you in memory. You look 
looked millions of people right in the eye and <laughs> right lied in the ear. to them. I looked him in the ear and I said, no, I've never done that. But then I was reminded, <laughs> yeah, you have. Casey was so liquored up, she did something <laughs> and didn't even remember she did it. No, no. Stay tuned for the Dime Store novel next. <laughs> That's not even true. Do you want to talk about that or do you want to talk about parking in Indy? Uh, well, let's start with parking in Indy because now everybody wants to know what the what story I, is. I mean, if it, right now they're picturing you mm-hmm. on the cover with Fabio <laughs> in an artistic drawing. <laughs> Indianapolis is a terrible place to park. It is one of the worst in the United States. And this is according to uh, Finn, which is a car subscription company. Uh, They analyze uh, car parking prices and spaces and also EV charging options. And they said that Indianapolis is the third worst in the country. Well, we talked about this many times about how people who are Hoosier lifers Mm -hmm. and central Indiana lifers will tell you one of the great lures pre-hog set of Indianapolis was the ease by which you could maneuver in and out of the city. I mean, it was... I live in Brownsburg. Mm-hmm. It was a 25-minute trip in. It was easy to find a, a, a place. You could park at the mall. You could park on the street. And then you could skadoodle in and out of wherever you were. Even if you went to something like a Colts game where there was a high traffic count or a concert, while, yes, there were a lot of cars, it still maintained a relatively there, ease of access to get to your interstate or wherever you're tr- how you're trying to get out of the city. And post Hogset, whether it's the red line or whatever else, I mean, it is much harder to get in and out of this city than it used to be. So San Diego and Fort Worth, Texas are the other two cities that are not good places to find parking in. And this one surprised me. This report says that the best cities to park in, Uh Baltimore, Chicago, and also Washington, uh, because... I I Chicago. find Chicago extremely expensive okay, to park see, in. I am calling into, I am contesting mm-hmm. uh, motion to vacate on this entire poll because <laughs> or survey or whatever this is. You're, you're not agreeing. I with would it. challenge. I want to know who did this, conducted mm-hmm. this. I want them to drive around Chicago and tell me that it's easy to find a place to park. Kevin, your brother lives in Chicago. Is it easy to find a place to park in Chicago? Well, I always park at his parking garage, oh, so yeah. I've got an easy way to do it, but. I've tried to park there before, and it, it's not. Yeah, easy. I mean, people in Chicago are famous for using their bumpers. Yes, because oh, there's an inch there. I can get my car in there, and they literally bumper to bumper yeah. so that they can squeeze in. Yeah, Absolutely, I've seen people getting trapped because yeah, people park so way close. too close to their bumper. Yeah. So uh, Brad Klappenstein, who's going to come in here in just a few minutes, he said that parking at the Indy Airport is sold out oh. through the weekend. Well, and that's that's uh, that's. That's a shame for the people who are uh, silly enough to get on those death tubes and fly around. Sorry for your inconvenience. You know who that does an inconvenience, Casey? You. Me. Yeah, yeah because me. you don't fly. Yeah. He said that the uh, Indy parking is sold, it's sold out because of record travel and because of fall break. Can we talk about how stupid the fall break is now where some of these schools, don't they give like two weeks off now for the fall mm-hmm. break? Or is it a two weeks or one whole week? When I was a kid... Nobody needs fall break. You just got done with summer break. When I was a kid, it was two days. Mm-hmm. You got a Thursday and a Friday. If you wanted to do a little weekend getaway, if your parents had plans, great. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you just got done with summer break. You got Thanksgiving. You got Christmas right around the corner. You, why do you need a week or two weeks in the fall? Uh, daughter had fall break, and it was two days. Yes! 
That's so. fine. Mm-hmm. That's normal. That was year, the, like the end of the semester. The year-round school is stupid. Now <laughs> none of the oldies music works anymore, you know, because it was always, will I see you in September? That doesn't work anymore. Kids go back in July. <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right. We started off the show with this clip from John Fetterman. You all should need to know that America is not sending their best and brightest, you know, to Washington, D.C. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like sometimes sometimes you literally just can't believe like you know these people are making the decisions that are you know determining the the government here it's 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 actually scary to all right, so then we started a conversation about he was on a late night television show mm-hmm. we were talking about the strong left makeup in the modern era of people who attend a late night television program because of how they've injected politics into the process. Mm -hmm. I asked you a very direct question, which was, had you ever been to a late night talk show? And I said, you struck me as the sort of person (laughs) who would go and enjoy going to a late night talk show. Mm -hmm. You, well, I mean, let's just face it. Your husband had to inform you (laughs) that you lied to tens of thousands of people. You said no, and you have indeed been to a late-night talk show. He did. He texted me, and he said, I just wanted to give you a reminder in case you wanted to do a callback. You have been to a show. You went to The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, and this was back in 2001. We were in California for the Grammys, Uh and I actually was at the went in the audience for the Jay Leno show. You took one of your husband's favorite memories of you two together (laughs) and you just threw a vat of acid all over it. So Jim, (laughs) I love you and your memories matter and I'm sorry Casey besmirched some big event in your life but we love you and care about you and it I'm sorry you had to endure that. Did you hear what I said? I was there for the Grammys. Uh So this was like a side thing. So Jim's big memory, it was just your little side project. But the fact that clearly it meant a lot to him (laughs) based on the rapid response that he gave you. Again, you're being just totally dismissive. I don't know if it was a big memory for him or if he just likes correcting me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, do we have a guest coming up next? Oh, yeah, we do. We have an interview with Laura Kelly. Oh, she is exciting. the foreign policy reporter from The Hill, and she's actually very experienced with what's going on in the Middle East. She has lived in Israel for many years, and she wrote an article, Hamas Attack Challenges Biden's Goal in Middle East. So oh, we're going to get uh, a lot of information from her. And Brad Klavenstein is coming in. He's going to take over for you because you're going to skadoodle on out of here, aren't you? I'm out. I got to go find out how unhealthy I actually am. Do we am. get your BP up well, high we'll enough? We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Get out of here. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. And Rob, I don't know if you've heard, but there is some stuff going on in the Middle East right now. Yeah, Casey, you know, there's so many moving parts. And obviously, there's a whole bunch of stuff planned downtown Indianapolis today. People on all sides. I mean, very, 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 very passionate. Mm-hmm. And with all the moving parts and kind of the unknowns, I figured it'd be good. And you uh, did the legwork on this. Let's find an expert, somebody who's covered the region. Well, 
we actually have an expert. Uh, joining us is Laura Kelly. She is the foreign policy reporter from The Hill. And Laura, you're located in Washington, D.C. today, but you said you actually did live in Israel for a time. Yes, I um, lived and worked as a journalist in Israel between 2012 and 2016. Um, at that time, there were some outbreaks of war between Hamas and the Gaza Strip and Israel. I visited Israel in 2018. I actually went into Gaza and I also did reporting on the southern border communities that have been hit so hard in this um, unprecedented assault from Hamas. And I was most recently in Israel in 2022. All right. Well, you have recently written an article which can be found at thehill.com, and it is called Hamas Attack Challenges Biden's Goals in Middle East. So if you don't mind, we'd like to ask you a few questions and get your perception on things. Great. I'm wondering, uh, to begin with, can you speculate what the Hamas attack was about? Killing people in Israel. I mean, there's really no other justification for it other than they wanted to sow death and destruction in the worst way possible. This was a operation that took months of planning. And when it was carried out, it was carried out with the most brutality and ferociousness that I don't think anybody, um, we're seeing comparisons to ISIS, and I think that is correct. Laura, I'm curious, how much of this is... A, a lack of fearing retaliation. I mean, we've seen this so many times where there's these Hamas attacks, Israel responds, and then the United States kind of, kind of steps in and says, okay, okay, enough here, let's try to negotiate peace. How much of this is just a lack of fear of what the retaliation from Israel will be? I think that's what a lot of regional watchers and people who have uh, studied Hamas and tried to understand what the dynamic between Hamas controlling the Gaza Strip and Israel had had evolved over the last couple of years. There's this, um, you know, reflecting about these moments of outbreaks of war and then the negotiations and ceasefire and the trying to ease of the situation for the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip under Hamas's rule by um, allowing, trying to increase electricity, trying to increase um, different imports into Gaza, trying to increase the amount of work visas that were given to Palestinians living in Gaza to come into Israel. And with this assault that Hamas launched, Um, there's questions of that was all a farce. It was all a smokescreen for Hamas's ultimate goal, which was just to kill as many um, Jews in particular, um, Israelis and people living in Israel, because they seem to not distinguish between anyone that they attacked um, beginning over the weekend. Um, There are reports of elderly people um, that were taken hostage by Hamas um, uh, and killed, and their um, care workers, too. Many of these are um, workers that come from Southeast Asian countries um, to, to work in Israel. Laura Kelly is our guest. She has a fabulous new piece out in The Hill talking about what's going on in Israel, kind of some of the conundrums that the Biden administration is, is facing in regards to this. Casey, go ahead. Your first sentence, Laura, says the unprecedented attack by Hamas 
Hamas against Israel has upended the Biden administration's goals for peace in the region. I'm wondering, can you tell us what were his goals? He didn't meet with Netanyahu when he was in the U.S. He had that botched withdrawal from Afghanistan. What have you been told that Biden wanted to accomplish before and how has that changed now? The Biden administration was trying to move towards this breakthrough between Israel and Saudi Arabia to bring their quiet, uh, quiet relations out into the open and what they hoped would shift the paradigm in the Middle East in a way that we saw started under the former Trump administration with the Abraham Accords, with the relations between the UAE, Israel and Bahrain. Um, now, with this attack by Hamas, and I guess I'll just back up a little bit, um, as the U.S. was helping um, coordinate these talks with Israelis and Saudis about what a breakthrough in relations would be, there are questions over what kind of um, component the um, that would be addressed for the Palestinians in terms of moving towards a two-state solution, moving towards increasing the quality of life for Palestinians. Um, but this was also happening at a time of um, a violence and tension happening um, between Israel and Palestinians in particular in, in the West Bank. And so it was complicating a lot of that. But still, the Biden administration seemed to be really moving forward on um, on, on coming to an agreement between Israel and Saudi Arabia that I believe they hope to get before the um, campaign season for the 2024 election mm-hmm. really began in earnest. Um, but it, it seems the Biden administration has said that those talks are not over, um, but uh, National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby described it as not on the front burner. Mm. She's the foreign policy reporter from The Hill. Laura Kelly joins us. Okay, I know you don't have a crystal ball, Laura, but but speculate how this invasion ends. How does this work out for Israel? There's no clear timeline or roadmap. No one thought the war in Ukraine would be still going on at this point, yet here we are. What are your thoughts? It, it, it's definitely a changed, a changed Israel, um, and I wonder how much we are going to see a changed Middle East. Um, Secretary of State Antony Blinken uh, has traveled to Israel, and he's also going to Jordan. We see during these times that there is effort at um, diplomacy with the countries in the region that can make contact with Hamas. But Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu uh, has said that you know no Hamas person can survive, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that it's. And even U.S. officials are saying that, you know, Hamas can be no more. So the question is, how is that achieved? And I'm not exactly sure. There is talks of preparation for a ground invasion, um, but there are uh, about 150 hostages um, of people that were taken from Israel that are believed to be in the Gaza Strip. And so how do you protect the lives of those hostages um, while also Um, retaliating for this brutal assault. Um, Secretary of State Blinken brought with him um, a special um, representative for hostage affairs. Uh, So I think there are some talks about how to recover the hostages, and those are kind of the most immediate concerns. I will say that there was a delegation of um, 
congressional leaders um, led by uh, Senator Joni Ernst. And then you also had Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Um, These are very pro-Israel lawmakers, and they were in Saudi Arabia, I think, on the day of the attacks. And they then went to Israel and they came back to the U.S. and they said in their statements that they still believe that relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia can go ahead. And Saudi Arabia is such a powerful player in the region. It'll be interesting to see what kind of role they play um, Mm. in whatever the future may look like. The White House has said that we have no intention of putting U.S. boots on the ground in response to the Hamas attacks. But what sort of scenario do you think would change that? Uh, I, I honestly have no idea, and yeah. I, I, I would really not like to, to speculate on that. Yeah. And there's also been some reports from the U.S. intelligence officials that say Iran was surprised by the attack. Do you believe that, and why do you think that is coming out? The administration has said that it's 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 definitely that Iran was complicit in the attack as one of the main backers of um, of Hamas. But there seems to be a real distinction trying to be made between whether Iran had any direct knowledge or direct influence or direct involvement in this uh, Hamas assault. Um, And I think that there is an effort to contain what is happening as much as possible to give Israel the space to focus just exclusively on the Gaza Strip to try and um, root out Hamas and not uh, trigger a wider war um, that would include strikes on Iran or um, opening up separate fronts. We saw um, concerns that there were um, Hezbollah uh, attacks on Israel's northern border. So I I think that everyone is trying to um, proceed with with caution. Mm -hmm. Laura Kelly is our guest. She's the foreign policy reporter from The Hill. And Laura, one last question. We appreciate your time. But uh, polling has indicated recently that the Biden administration is not faring so well. How do you think this affects his reelection chances? I'm not entirely certain. President Biden, from a foreign policy perspective, I think he has done a really good job in um, in uniting allies uh, behind a common mission, whether that's supporting Ukraine or what is now going to be supporting Israel. Mm-hmm. And dis- despite the, um, the the horrific and chaotic pullout of Afghanistan, I, I think the, um, the Biden administration has done a really j- good job to be measured on the world stage and um, and and go after its um, its agenda uh, of trying to make clear to China not to invade Taiwan, while also trying to move forward on on things like climate change and, and things to that nature. But I don't know how much that resonates with um, with American voters. Um, how much they're thinking about? You know, I spend my days looking looking outside the U.S. Um, and and I don't uh, have a really good idea of um, of what people are thinking about at their kitchen tables. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Keep uh, seeking the truth. That's Laura Kelly, foreign policy reporter from The Hill. Of course, you can find her article right now at thehill.com. Thank you so much. 
and don't uh, completely agree with the last thing she said there, but we're going to move on. Hammer's going to join us next, and he wants to have a little fun today, and he wants to have a little fun with you. He would like to do a live attack ad on the air. So if you would like to be the victim, call right now, 239-9393, that number 239-9393. We're looking for caller number three. It's going to be about you. It's 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We have kicked Rob Kendall out of the studio. He's going to go get his blood pressure checked, which I think is a good idea. In his place, Brad Klopfenstein is going to sit in for the last uh, hour with us. But Hammer is in the studio from the Hammer and Nigel program. And you want to have a little fun today, don't you? So this is a bit that we've done before. Mm -hmm. Like this is the season where you're hearing all of these attack ads, right? We've talked about the one Jefferson Shreve has against Boss Hogsett. I am responsible, responsible. Yeah. which is a great ad, by mm-hmm. the way. But they all kind of have the same formula. There's like scary music, a deep voice narrator, and a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So we decided we're going to do this on the fly because I feel like I have the gift of doing these things better than anybody <laughs> else in the city. And I'm still disappointed the mm-hmm. Shreve campaign didn't hire me to write these ads against Boss Hogset. Yeah, you are talented. You have a skill. Not many people could do this live <laughs> on the fly, but you're the guy. So let's go to the phone lines here. Caller number three. Welcome to the Kendall and Casey show. What's your name? Hey, Hammer. This is Brian. Brian, my man. How are you doing today? Awesome, buddy. How are you? Good. So here's what's going to happen, Brian. I'm going to ask you some questions. Uh, Casey, Brad might ask you some questions Mm -hmm. just so we can get some information. All right. Okay. All right. Where are you from, Brian? What city? Greenwood. Greenwood. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, approximately, you don't have to give the exact age, but how old are you, Brian? 55. Double five. Double nickel. Mm-hmm. Brian, Brian, do you have any ex-wives? <laughs> nope. Just the one. Okay. Still, still the wife. <laughs> okay. So still married. Yes. That woman he married that one time. Any kids? Yeah, so exactly. there little Brian's running around anywhere? <laughs> two, two kids. They're, they're almost grown. So. Okay. And uh, what do you do for a living, Brian? Uh, I am uh, industrial sales. Okay. I'm going to need more information on that. What's that mean? What do you do? <laughs> Bearings and sprockets and gears. Oh, my. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Brian, if you were going to run for political office, what would be the spot? Would it be president? Would it be mayor? Would you want to be governor? You know, What would you want to do? Oh, I'd say governor. Governor. Mm. Okay. Are you currently wearing a mask? (laughs) (laughs) I am in my car by myself, so yes. (laughs) Brian, have you ever been arrested or detained? 
I'd rather not answer that. That's a yes. Uh. Oh, boy. Um, Brian's got a story to tell. Brian, let's go back to you being the uh, governor. What would be the first thing you would want to do in the state of Indiana? Uh, get rid of property taxes. Hello. Okay. Got that. Now, if you were going to, uh, oh, I don't know, have a few beverages, what's your drink of choice? <laughs> um, Corona. Okay. He's a beer man. Uh, what kind of music do you listen to, Brian? Uh, classic rock. Okay. What specific band? Give me a specific band. Uh, ACDC. Okay. All right. Uh, what's your favorite movie, Brian? Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, hmm. Dances with Wolves. Wow. Okay. Would not have uh, got that right out of the gate. Uh, got, any, <laughs> got any pets, any little wild critters running around, Brian? Three dogs. Three. Three dogs. Big dogs, little dogs. Bri- Brian, do you water your grass yes. when, in, when we're in a drought situation? I never water my grass, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, you ever been naked in public, Brian? Uh, no. Uh, that's a yes. Uh, that that long. <laughs> that's a yes. Let me think about it. All right. So here, here's the follow up. What's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done? Um, argue about my seats at an Indians game with an old couple, and I was there on the wrong day. <laughs> okay. Whoops. Got it. I think I've got it all I need here, Casey. Do you have everything? Brad, do you have any other questions? Uh, any follow-ups? I just want to know what kind of dogs he has. He's oh. got three dogs. I've got a big one, a little one, and a medium one. Okay. So, uh, the husky, or not a husky, I'm sorry, a border collie shepherd's the big one. Mm-hmm. A, a beagle pit bull's the middle one. Mm-hmm. And my daughter brought home some little white rat. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, Brian, you know this is all in good fun, yep, right? this is all in fun. We're having a good time. So uh, no crying. Gonna happen. I'm honored to get roasted by Hammer. Fantastic. Right. Kevin, hit the music. You want Brian to be the governor of Indiana. <laughs> well, let's just look at the facts. In 55 years... You are not going to find a candidate that hates America more than Brian. He hates American beers. He'll only drink Mexican lager. He hates American music. He outsources it to Australia. You don't like Australia, do you? And sure, Brian wants you to think he's a family man with multiple kids. But what he doesn't want you to know He's got a criminal record. Has he been naked in public? You won't get a straight answer from Brian. (laughs) He lives in a a state in Greenwood, Indiana, watching bad Kevin Costner movies while you pay ridiculous property taxes. And sure, Brian wants you to think he has a plan, but he's never announced it once. (laughs) Zero. Never. And while most people want to enjoy a good old-fashioned evening out, Brian likes to fight with elderly couples (laughs) when he doesn't even know which day of the week it is. Indiana can't afford these types of mistakes. Vote against Brian this November. This message brought to you by the people against Brian. (laughs) Very nice. nice. There it is. Good job. Thank you, Brian, for playing along.
Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right, Hammer, you've got a big afternoon coming up. What's uh, what's on tap on the big show? I wish I would have been there for the Indians game incident. That would have <laughs> been know, great. Right? <laughs> you would have uh, got your phone out. So we got a little rally on the circle this afternoon. The pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, Black Lives Matter people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have coverage of that. John Herrick from our newsroom is going to be embedded in it. We'll talk to him live. Rob Kendall calling in off the rails. A lot going on. All right, thank you. It's Kendall and Casey on 93. WIBC. Never.